we're exploring at the moment uh, in a short series the kingdom of God and this interesting and complicated passage in Daniel chapter 7 has something very important to tell us about the kingdom but really it comes in the form of a dream the prophet Joel in his great prophecy concerning the coming of the Holy Spirit says I will pour out my spirit on all my people your sons and your daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions <clears throat> scripture contains many examples both in the old and in the New Testament of dreams uh, right from the book of Genesis right through to the book of Revelation God speaks to people through dreams and this chapter we're looking at this morning addresses one of the most amazing and most significant of these dreams in verse 1 we read in the first year of Belshazzar king of Babylon Daniel had a dream Visions passed through his mind as he was lying in his bed, and he wrote down the substance of that dream. So what do we know about Daniel? I think it's quite important for us, before we look at the dream itself, to just look at the person who had the dream. In chapter 1 of the book of Daniel, we're told that in the third year of the king of the reign of King Jehoiakim which was in 605 BC King Nebuchadnezzar attacked and defeated the city of Jerusalem the royal city of Judah a lot of temple treasure was taken back to Babylon and along with it we're told a select group of young men taken from the royal family and the families of the nobility. And Daniel was one of these young men, probably about the age of 18, 19 years of age. We read also earlier in the book that Daniel remained faithful to his God despite enormous pressures. And we're told at the beginning that he also excelled in wisdom and excelled in the interpretation of dreams. At the end of the book, we read that Daniel continued right until the, the first year of King Cyrus. Cyrus was uh, of the kingdom of the Medo-Persians, and that was in 538 BC, which means that Daniel spent 67 years in captivity and exile. At the point where we are this morning, we're told that he had this dream in the first year of the reign of Belshazzar, which was in the year 553 BC. Daniel had already spent 52 years in exile and was probably at this point around about 70 years old 
We think of Daniel often as a young man because that's when he started out as a young man at the beginning of the book. But here, at the dream that we're looking at, we're looking at an old man. Joel says that old men dream dreams. And uh, I wonder how many of us fit into that category. Certainly, I am very good at dreaming dreams. And uh, I've often uh, thought I must be approaching my old age because I get a lot of dreams. And so Daniel was around about 70 years of age at this point, and he has this amazing dream. It's significant for us to understand that fact because we need to understand that Daniel was an exile in an alien land. And he must have spent those 50-odd years longing for Jerusalem, longing for home, and perhaps despairing of ever getting back to that uh, situation. We get a sense of that if we look at Psalm 137, where we read, By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. So you can imagine Daniel in that situation, sitting by the rivers of Babylon and recalling Jerusalem. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. And so that's the situation that Daniel was in. He was 50 years in exile, 50 years in captivity. And at that point, he gets this dream, and God speaks to him powerfully in a dream. It's interesting that this dream will have reminded him of a dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had. And that dream is recorded for us in the second chapter of Daniel. But what we're going to look at this morning really is the final part of this dream, because that is really the part of the dream that tells us about the kingdom that we are interested in, the kingdom of God. Before we do that, however, let's take a look at some of the earlier parts. In Nebuchadnezzar's dream in chapter 2, the kingdoms of this world were represented by an inanimate object, by a statue. But here in Daniel's dream, with spiritual insight, Daniel sees these kingdoms as beasts rising up out of the deep. The first is like a lion, the second a bear, the third a leopard, and the fourth beast is so horrific 
that it could not even be compared to a living creature. At the time of Daniel's dream, he, of course, would only be aware of the first kingdom, the Babylonian Empire. But we're in a place where we can look back in history and we can identify the other three beasts as the Medo-Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, and the Roman Empire. The significance and the comfort for Daniel was not who these beasts represented, but the fact that their time was limited. One was superseded by another. Something better was coming. In Hebrews chapter 11, we're told that Abraham lived as an alien in the land of promise. For he was looking for a city which had foundations, whose architect and builder was God. And here Daniel is taken to a place beyond exile and beyond captivity. He's given a vision of something glorious which is coming. And that is so relevant for us, I believe, in our day. As we look around the world and we see the conflict and the persecution and the oppression, we can think of many Daniels who have had to flee from their homeland. We think of the Syrians who fled out of Syria and Iraq and Iran, the Yemen, it's countless the number of countries where men and women have been forced into exile. And Daniel here is given a vision of something which is coming, something which supersedes all that he's experiencing. And like Abraham, he's able to look forward. And I believe this morning that the Lord wants us to look forward to something that's coming. And so as he contemplates this fourth beast and the atrocities that it is committing, it's as if he sees a vision within the vision of another kingdom, one which is very different from all that has superseded it. Daniel sees thrones being set up and he sees someone that he refers to as the ancient of days. This is a term that's only used by Daniel, but as we've been looking at uh, the book of Revelation on a Sunday evening, we've seen other terms which equate to this expression, ancient of days. We've read about the one who is and was and is to come. We've read about the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And Daniel sees the Lord in his glory. Last week, Mike was preaching to us from Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, 
and his throne filled the temple. Daniel sees the Lord here, high and lifted up, the Ancient of Days. And it says that this Ancient of Days was clothed in white as snow, his hair was, of his head was like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and a river of fire was flowing out from before him. Last Sunday evening, when George was sharing about uh, the letter to Thyatira, he talked about the reference there to fire as a symbol of judgment. And here is the Lord of glory on his throne with a river of fire pouring out from before him. Judgment is coming to these uh, beasts that have destroyed the earth. And uh, Daniel continues to watch, and we're told that he sees one like to the Son of Man. No beast here. Here is the Son of Man, the man Christ Jesus. Uh, it says in um, verse 11, I continued to watch because of the words. In my vision, I looked, at, and there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming in the clouds of heaven. This kingdom is not coming from the deep places of the earth. This is a kingdom which is coming from heaven. It's a heavenly kingdom. It's not an earthly kingdom. When Daniel saw the kingdoms coming out, it says he saw the four winds of, of the earth. And coming up out of the deep, there rose these kingdoms, represented by beasts. Here we have a heavenly kingdom represented by the Son of Man. And it comes... It comes in the clouds of heaven. And the Son of Man approaches the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and people of every language worshipped him. His domain is an everlasting dominion. So... It's an everlasting kingdom. We've seen that the kingdoms that Daniel saw, the four beasts, were all superseded one after the other. Here is a kingdom which is an everlasting kingdom. It's a heavenly kingdom and it's an everlasting kingdom. A kingdom that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. It's an indestructible kingdom. So as we look at this kingdom, we see that it's a heavenly kingdom. It's an everlasting kingdom. And it's an indestructible kingdom. Who are the citizens of this kingdom? Well, friends, 
if we know the Son of Man as our Lord and our Savior, we are the citizens of this kingdom. One of my favorite verses in Scripture is contained in the letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, which it, where it talks about God having transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Have you known that transfer in your life? In the old version of the authorized version, I think it uses the verb, he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. The whole idea is of being ferried across from one kingdom into another. And this as Daniel is seeing this vision, it's as if these two kingdoms are operating at the same time. This fourth kingdom, this oppressive, destructive, uh, evil kingdom is functioning alongside a heavenly kingdom which is on the advance. The kingdom is coming. Jesus says in Matthew, I think, chapter 11, the kingdom of God is advancing and forceful men take hold of it. There's a conflict going on and we're living in the time of that conflict. There's the kingdom of darkness and there's the kingdom of the Son of God's love. And there's a conflict. And we who know the Lord Jesus as our Lord and our Savior are part of that conflict. But we're part of that kingdom, the kingdom of the Son of God's love. And we're waging war against the kingdom of darkness. But we're told there's a time coming when the ancient of days will say enough and the saints will take possession of the kingdom. There's a little book written back in, I think, about the 1970s by an American writer, Paul Bilheimer. And the title of that book was Destined for the Throne. And you know, each one of us sitting here today who have given their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, accepted what he's done for us on the cross, we are destined for the throne. We are destined to reign with him in this heavenly, everlasting, and indestructible kingdom. We read uh, in verse uh, 24 and verse 25. Uh, sorry, um, no, verse 20. Verse 20, 26. The court will sit and his power will be taken away and he will be completely destroyed forever. Then sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over 
To whom? To the holy people of the Most High. We are destined for the throne, friends. The kingdom of heaven is already here and it's advancing. And not only is it heavenly, everlasting, and indestructible, it is all-powerful. And so for Daniel, in exile and in captivity, despairing perhaps of ever getting home, and we read through the book of Daniel, we realize that it's fairly obvious that Daniel never was able to return to Jerusalem. But he had a vision of another kingdom. And look, the Lord wants us, each one of us here, to have a vision today of another kingdom. A kingdom which has already started. Jesus says in many uh, uh, times in the Gospels, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is at hand. And so we have this interim period, as it were, where God's kingdom is here and we are part of it. But the kingdom of the fourth beast is still functioning, destroying, persecuting the saints of the Most High. We can look forward to the time when the Ancient of Days says, enough. And we reign with him forever and ever. And so Daniel says the revelation ends. And he is left and we are left with this amazing insight of the kingdom and the king. And so this morning I just want to ask the question of everyone here. Which kingdom are you in? Are you aliens and strangers in the kingdom of darkness? Are you citizens of the kingdom of light? There's a transfer. There's an opportunity here and now to be transferred from this kingdom into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the Son of God's love. Finally, it's an all-pervading kingdom. And friends, the good news is that this kingdom is growing. We are blessed here with uh, many Christians in this town. But we must never think of small things. God is building and establishing his kingdom. And we started this chapter with reference to the four winds of heaven. In my vision I looked, and there before me were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. And you know, if we look to the north, the south, the east, and the west, the kingdom of heaven is growing. And I just want to leave you with that encouragement God is building his kingdom and he's coming soon and he's going to say enough and we, his people, are going to reign with him forever 
and ever. I just want to close uh, by doing a little thing uh, with one or two people in this church who have agreed to help me. I've just said that the kingdom of God is all-pervading. And so I've asked three people to come forward and to pray the prayer that the Lord taught us, where he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. We don't just say it, we pray it. And so I'm going to start by asking Jochen, who's going to come forward, and he's going to represent the north. And he's going to pray for the prayer that the Lord taught us in a Scandinavian language. I think it's Norwegian, but it might be Danish. <laughs> so come and pray for us, Jochen. So it's my joy to pray my second native language, which is, uh, which is Danish. Father for the summer in Hamelin, Helligit or dit noun. Come dit rike, skie din birli, som i Hamelin sorg på Jordan. Gios i dog vor dalige brød, og forlad os vor skuld som vi og forholder vores skyldene. Og lad os ikke en fristelse, men fri os fra det onde, for riget er dit, og magten og åren i evighed. Amen. Nicholas is now going to come and represent the South, and he's going to pray the same prayer in Swahili. Let us pray. Baba yetu uliye mbinguni, jina lako litukuzwe, ufama wako ufike, utakalo lifanyike, duniani kama mbinguni. Utupe leo chakula chetu chakila siku, na utusamehe makosa yetu, kama nasi tunavyo wasamehe walio tukosea. Usitutie katika majaribu, lakini utuokoe na yule muovu. Kama kuwa ufame ni wako, na nguvu, na utukufu, hata milele. Amina. And, uh, Stella is now going to come, and she's going to pray representing the East. Stella. Let us pray. Woman Amen. So, now, we are going to pray the prayer because we are representing the West, aren't we? Some are more West than others, but let's just pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our, our Father, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive those. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks for that amazing dream that you gave Daniel so many years ago. We thank you for the relevance that it has to us today. We thank you for what it tells us about your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, that your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, that your kingdom is a heavenly kingdom. And we thank you, Father, that we can be part, citizens of that kingdom. We thank you, Father, for what you have done through our Lord Jesus Christ. You have brought the kingdom to earth, and he is the one who has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And Lord, we just bow the knee to him this morning. We say, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. And we bless you. And we thank you for the security that we have as being part of your kingdom. A kingdom which destroys all earthly kingdoms a kingdom which endures forevermore. And Lord, we bless you this morning, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name.